Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I was a corporate flight attendant for six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. So far, I've given you 70 episodes and over three years of free content. So please support this podcast by purchasing my CFA ebook. And if you enjoy it, please give me the best rating that you see fit on Amazon. Also, give me a five-star review and rating wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts. And you guys have just been and killing it for me on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. And remember Spotify as well and all the others. To rate takes less than 10 seconds of your time and to review takes less than a minute. And what I'm telling people now to do is if you have more members in your household, your partner, your children, grab their phones, just hit play for a second on one of the episodes and then you just simply write, you do five stars And so if you have four people in a household, that would be awesome for me. That's a new thing that podcasters are telling people to do, and I think it's smart. And always remember to hit the follow button so new apps pop up on your podcast player automatically. Today, I will be dissecting an episode of the TV show, Billions. You can watch Billions on Amazon Prime. I am discussing season seven, episode four, Hurricane Rosie. Please note, for Billions fans, if you haven't watched this episode, there will be spoilers. Why I wanted to cover this episode of Billions in particular is it's very realistic. I watched it with my husband and he gave me some really good feedback about the episode. Remember that he is a pilot. He's been a corporate pilot for 40 years, so it's nice to hear his perspective on it. And you can also encounter this situation as a CFA, which we're going to talk about a little bit. So let's go. To give you some context into the world of the TV show Billions, Chuck Rhodes is one of the main characters. He's played by the great actor Paul Giamatti. And Chuck Rhodes is the U.S. District Attorney of the Southern District of New York. In other words, he charges major corporate raiders with crimes. For those of you who follow the Housewives franchise on Bravo, it's the Southern District who indicts all the housewife stars who've gone to federal prison. Basically, if you guys don't know, you cannot fight the Southern District. Why is that? It's because all the lawyers and all the judges are friends. They've gone to law school together. They've been working together for the last 20 years. So once you are on their radar, you either cut a deal or you rot in prison. So (laughs) you really don't have much of a choice. Chuck Rhodes is engaged in a long fight with Michael Prince, played by Corey Stahl. And Michael Prince is a billionaire hedge fund manager who's in the beginning stages of running for president of the United States. Rhodes and his office is trying to find anything to keep Prince from running for president because Prince is dangerous. For instance, he believes in using nuclear weapons. Rhodes discovers that an international fugitive is escaping the country on a private jet. The fugitive's last name is Lou, and he is wanted for a crypto NFT scam. He is the son of an Asian billionaire who has the same name as him. Rhodes discovers Lou's name on a flight manifest, and this is why the manifest is such a big deal because if you have a situation like this, what happens is the Department of Justice, that's where Chuck Rhodes works for, 
they can call up the FAA and they can get all these flight manifests and figure out where the fugitive is, what private jet, what commercial airline, all of that. Lou is on one of Michael Prince's private jets and the jet is in air and flying back to Asia where the fugitive is from, but the jet is still in the U.S., The Department of Justice, or DOJ, remember Rhodes, or Chuck Rhodes is in charge of the Department of Justice, he asks his staff for background on the pilot to see if he can cooperate with him to land the plane. That absolutely could happen. Rhodes then alerts the FAA that the DOJ has a warrant for Lou's arrest. Lou is now considered a federal fugitive. Then the FAA will notify the pilot in command or PIC of the mandatory return to the point of destination. In other words, the pilots must turn the plane around and land it back in New York. The FAA reaches out to Michael Prince, the billionaire who owns the jet. They order him to land his Bombardier. It is explained that Lou's father is a billionaire friend of Prince. Lou's father asked to borrow Prince's jet because his had a quote unquote mechanical issue. Prince's right hand man explains this is a courtesy amongst friends. They offer this courtesy of borrowing jets to Lou's father and other billionaires or wealthy business associates with private jets and vice versa. The guest pays for the gas and the crew. And this is absolutely true. I mean, (laughs) among us peons, (laughs) we have no sense of this, but this is a true thing with these wealthy that own the private jets. Absolutely. So the guest comes on, pays for the gas, pays for the crew, almost does it like a charter and they can do it for you as well. So just know that it's always interesting because you even think in terms of cars and I wouldn't let anyone borrow my car because of insurance reasons. So for me, it's such a foreign concept, but for them, it's just, I guess, something you do. Prince then calls the PIC directly. This is true. The owners can absolutely call the PIC on their cell phones and, or they could text Uh, I've seen this happen many times on flights where the owner's checking in about something or the pilot maybe texts the question to the owner if there's something about scheduling or maybe there's an issue. So absolutely, the pilot and the owner can have this type of communication. Sometimes it's directly the owner. Sometimes it's going through an assistant. Prince then asks the PIC who's on the plane and the pilot says one passenger, Lou, age 22. Prince and his team then realize Lou's father borrowed the jet to get his son out of the U.S. and back home to Asia. Because the father and son have the same name, it was a workaround on the flight manifest. This, again, could absolutely happen. And this is why the pilots, the broker, and or the management company collect all of the passengers' information, not just their name, because it could be a junior, it could be a senior, it could be a junior, junior, a triple, a trip. And they get your home address and they get everything. So they have the most identifying information they can if there's ever a situation like this. 
Prince asks the PIC the fuel status or how much fuel is left on the plane. The pilot says 1,900 gallons. Prince then says that allows them nine more hours in air. This is absolutely wrong. (laughs) Watching this, my husband said 1,900 gallons would be around three to four hours of flight time, and he was correct. I looked this up. For example, a Bombardier Global 7500 burns 528 gallons per hour, which means Prince's jet has three and a half hours of flight time. So remember, Prince said nine hours, and the actual time would be three and a half hours listen, I'm a writer too. I understand the writers of billions. They can only dot so many I's and cross so many T's. I get it. When you're writing something at this high of a level, there are certain details that may be overlooked, understandably so, but the rest of the episode, they do a really good job. Yeah, this is just one thing where it's interesting. They were incorrect on that. Prince tells the pilot to keep in a holding pattern until he makes a decision. And this is an issue legally. Prince did not order the plane to land as was instructed by the FAA. Prince's team says to ground the plane or he's aiding a fugitive, but Prince says that he and Lou's father make billions together and they're trading partners and friends. I love how he says friends last. (laughs) That's spoken like a true billionaire business first. Plus, other business tycoons won't do business with him again if he turns in Lou's son. So Prince is stuck between a rock and a hard place, and it's a true billionaire problem. None of us would have this problem, but I could see it as absolutely true. Either way, he should have ordered the pilot to ground the plane. Prince then finally does order the plane to land at the point of destination in New York, I caught the airport sign. I was very excited to catch it. And when the plane lands, the scene was filmed at Republic Airport in Farmingdale, Long Island in New York. And I've worked there many times. You're going to be hearing about Farmingdale much more next season of this podcast. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. You'll find that they use, for example, Westchester County Airport, White Plains, which I talked about in the succession episode that I am analyzed. They'll use Farmingdale a lot. Uh, Sometimes they'll use Stewart International up in Newburgh, New York. (laughs) And then occasionally they might use Teterboro, but Teterboro is a hard one to use because Teterboro is the main hub. So that one's a little difficult. So they'll often use others. And I have a feeling the film companies production is probably much cheaper up in Stewart, Farmingdale, all these places. So the plane lands. It is a Bombardier Global. Good job, Billions writers. Good job, Billions production. Excellent. Uh, The DOJ is there along with the police and the military. And you can land an account as a corporate flight attendant where the plane is used to shoot movies or TV episodes. I worked on an account that did this, and the account was out of Republic Airport in Farmingdale, New York. I was not on the airplane at the time when this was happening. I was not in any of the scenes because I obviously will use an actress, an actor to play the flight attendant. Uh, The pilots were there though. They were not in the scene, but they were there on the plane because they have to move the plane in, move the plane out. They have to run the plane. As Chuck Rhodes and his colleagues watch the plane taxi, he instructs the police to detain the pilot. If you have to, this could happen. 
I asked my husband as we watched this, what would be going on in the cockpit? He said the pilots would follow the instructions of the FAA to land the plane back at its starting point in New York. The FAA would most likely not give the pilots any more information than that. I found that very interesting. So the FAA would just say, land the plane and that's it. Prince had said in the episode to kill the monitor in cabin or the flight map so the fugitive doesn't know where they are flying back to. I could see that happening. If there's a flight attendant, that would be your responsibility. The pilots would not go into cabin and do that. That would be something they would tell you to do and you would have to do it. Back to the pilots, it's not for them to ask questions about why they're landing. They wouldn't go back on to the control tower and start asking questions. Why are we landing? Why are we doing this? That would never happen. They would just follow the instructions. And keep in mind, even the tower who's instructing them, they, they may not know what's happening. So it's all about following the instructions of the FAA and not asking questions and doing their job. If this scenario were true, where the pilots do not know this passenger, they would just fly the plane and land per the FAA's instruction. If it were an owner who was a fugitive, they would obviously have to do the same thing, but it would be a very awkward scenario (laughs) and a very different scenario where, yes, of course, the pilots would follow orders, but if the owner became irate or demanded answers, this would turn into another situation entirely. In this billion scenario, the passenger is calm. If you're the flight attendant, the pilot would instruct you what to do. If the passenger isn't acting dangerously or irrationally, I would imagine you would treat it like an emergency situation and sit down with him in cabin to make sure he's okay. Not okay is in, hey, are you okay? Are you mentally okay? Not that way, but just to make sure you're keeping an eye on him and seeing that he's not freaking out or or doing anything strange. Keep in mind, you and the pilots don't know why you've been instructed to land. It's a very tricky situation that you would have to intuit and watch the passenger's behavior. For example, let's just say he knows what's happening. He knows what he did. He knew that he was trying or she was trying to run from the situation. And then this person asked for alcohol. Is that wise that you're now going to serve this person who may be in a mentally unstable state, alcohol, if he drinks too much? Now you have an irate screaming passenger. Also keep in mind the person's size, right? I'm five foot one. I weigh around a hundred pounds. I'm super tiny. If that person is, let's say six foot five and weighs around 300 pounds, and now you have him screaming and irate in the cabin, not good, not a good situation. So you really have to intuit and you have to make decisions on the fly, excuse the pun, and really take into account what's happening in front of you and make the best calls you can because it is a strange situation. Your safety comes first, as does the pilot's safety and of course the safety of the plane. If the situation were to become extreme, you would do what you have to do. You would have to restrain the passenger to the best of the ability. You do not want 
this person getting to the cockpit to try to crash the plane, right? I mean, you may have to take that fire extinguisher and fucking knock him over the head if you're like me, super tiny, and the guy is six foot five and 300 pounds. So you have to think logically about the scenario in the scenario. Think about it this way. You would know the plane doesn't have a mechanical issue. The pilots would have told you that. And the pilots and the passengers aren't sick. So nothing looks wrong. Most likely you would know something is very wrong in regard to just why you're landing, but you know it's not for normal logical reasons because if the FAA is ordering the plane to land and you get that information, then your mind is going to be wandering. Anyone's mind would. What if you have a good relationship with the owner and they delve into a massive breakdown? What if they start crying? What if they freak out? What if they lock themselves in the bathroom? Honestly, that's the best scenario if they lock themselves in the lab and they refuse to come out. Well, that's not your problem. That, that's the problem of the military and the police when they come on the plane. So this scenario can go many different ways. And we can what if it for hours But keep in mind, remain professional, treat it like an emergency situation to a degree, and safety first. All right, back to billions. As the plane lands, the pilots would see all the police and military, and you would too if you were on the plane, and probably shit their pants. (laughs) They definitely would be like, what the fuck is going on? The plane door opens, Prince boards his jet, Chuck then instructs the police If the plane starts to taxi, take out the tires. In other words, shoot at the tires so the jet can't move. My husband broke into a fit of laughter at this point, and later on I asked him why. He did not remember, but he did say that Chuck's instructions would be true. I think the way Paul Giamatti said the line that made my husband laugh, and also everything is so heightened for TV drama, I think it was just the tension of the TV moment. Lou and Prince walk off the plane. Lou gives himself up. So would this scenario be true to life? 100%. You absolutely never know, especially when you're dealing with such money and power. Could it happen to you on a charter flight or an owner trip? Absolutely. This may be a good episode to watch if you haven't already and to mull over the different scenarios and how you would handle them. We have three more episodes for the year for 2023. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe that I'm talking to people about the holidays already. Next episode, I'll be talking about burnout part two. If you want to keep your job, how to deal with human resources and your pilot boss, because in the first part, of the burnout, the first episode I did on that, it was more like, hey, if you want to quit your job, here's what to do. Now, here's what to do if you want to keep your job. So that'll be the next episode. On December 15th, we have an interview with a hospitality expert that you will love. She is also an Amazon bestselling author. And to close out the year on December 29th, I will be doing an end of year recap and I'm discussing the juicy details of next year on this podcast. I think you'll like the big change I'm going to make. It's going to be really interesting. The next episode will drop on Friday, December 1st, 2023. Until then, happy flying.